Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice, Thursday night. Thank you for joining us. This network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 470, Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1029. Of course, follow us on all the socials, including Agenda, Rumble, Parlor, Facebook, Twitter. You know, you know them all. Just put in LFS6B, find us, follow us, share us with your friends, and even people who aren't your friends. You never know. There might be somebody who goes, you know what? These guys aren't as big idiots as I thought and all of a sudden they become uh, they become they become uh, fans of the show that's what we're looking for find us on the getter chat as well go to real am voice and you can click into the live stream link and let me refresh here and see what happens is it gonna be us is it gonna be us is it gonna be us it's us it's us go there watch the live stream jump in the chat say hello and uh, we'll go around the room we got friend of the show Damon joining us tonight <laughs> <laughs> Friend of the show. I'm good. I heard uh, I heard David Zier called in sick. I didn't want you and Slick Rick to be by yourself. So here I am reporting for duty. Yeah. So, so David Zier is out sick. Um, there's another guy missing. And then, of course, uh, now you're joining us. Um, Slick Rick is here. He's got sports. How are you, Slick? Great. How you doing tonight, Rick? Big D, great to have you in the house, man. Slick Rick, good to see you. We got game tonight, don't we? Yes, we do. We got the Saints and the Arizona Cardinals, both two and four, having tough seasons. We're going to pick that one. We got an odds maker coming up. Yeah. yeah. And, and, right. and, and what's funny is that Damon, before you chimed in, Rick was, he was already like rubbing his hands together. He's like, all right, I'm going to lay out some big money tonight. I'm going to take it. Yeah. From, he, he's ready to go. He, he's like, you know, we've had a couple weeks off of betting. He needs to replenish his, uh, his, uh, his petroleum wardrobe. supply. <laughs> My where wardrobe. do we Oh, there we are. I was just going to say, where do we stand? I'm down 22, 22, five. Well, I was down, I think 40 at one point. So yeah, yeah. making, I'm making a, uh, I'm making a comeback. Now, here, I'm so making good. a comeback for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> Anyhow, we got a lot to get to. Do you guys want to do that now? Because doesn't the game start pretty soon? Or? It starts at 8.15. Well, uh, real simple. I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals at home uh, in the like a good neighbor, State Farm Stadium, and I'll take them in Arizona. I'm going to take them laying two and a half points, Big D, and I'm going to yeah. put five grand on that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right, enough. we're jumping, jumping back in with some vengeance here. Yeah, All right, well, nine is two and a half. Yep. yep. Been a sabbatical, so I figured time to spend a little money. 
Okay, very good. Timeless very good. <laughs> He's going to start going like this. Well, make money, like, I should oh, say. There I Here go. we go. All right. Well, you know, we got a lot to get to tonight. And again, you know, we've got Damon sitting in and joining us, so we appreciate that. Um, real quick, today, there was a lot of stuff going on. A lot of, I guess everybody's talking about the, the petroleum oil reserves. And the way Joe Biden seems to be handling that, we'll, we'll, we've got some clips of that. We've got some clips of Brian. We got a clip of Brian Deese trying to explain it. Um, but let's let's <laughs> just what trying is the key word there. <laughs> yeah, trying to explain it. Um, so we'll get to that in a moment. I did want to just hit this real quick. And again, you know, with with the election quickly coming uh, upon us. Um, it's imperative that you guys get out there and vote. I know, I know it, you may be in a red district or something and be like, you know what? I think it's pretty well, you know, we're going to do well at where I live. It, it counts everywhere. So you got to go no matter who, you know, no matter who's on your, on your ballot, just make sure you're, you're voting for the people who will do the job that we asked them to do. And the reason I bring that up is because of Kevin McCarthy and what he said. And that he's not going to be pursuing certain um, investigations or impeachments, which, again, you know, kind of makes you throw your hands up in the air. It's like, dude, we're handing you the keys to the car. Drive us to the promised land. Get us get something, because the American people, I think we're I think we're getting to the point of just being so tired of the way things are just, you know, you get these same people, business as usual. I don't want to rock the boat. Hey, that's the guy I play golf with every other weekend. Yep. I don't want to make him angry. Our kids go to school together in a private school. Don't want to make him angry. Yep. Um, you know, stuff like that. And and to, to be honest, the, the American people are sick and tired of it. Um, I don't know if you guys are seeing that or if you're getting that feel as well. I, I mean, you know, you kind of you kind of look around, and yes, you know, uh, uh, people are not. But you start to see it. You start seeing it pop up where people are just like, you know what? I've had it. You just see. I, I've seen it a lot in in postings and and just you know overhearing uh, conversations that are out. Uh, people just frustrated because we're getting hammered, and the people that are supposed to be helping us and took an oath of office are basically on the lookout for themselves. And that's where they stand. It's not even that it's, 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 it's the presumptive speaker of the house already pulling his Mitch McConnell act is, is the yeah. bottom line. He said they're already, they're already giving ground before they've even taken over. And th this is the problem with people like Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell and McCarthy, not only, by the way, I saw that article in the uh, Epic Times today about McCarthy saying, well, I don't know if I'll be supporting um, impeachment for uh, for President Biden. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, does he mean like on one of the 10 things that you could impeach him on? Or does he mean just overall in general? I don't know. But McCarthy's a, you know, uh, listen, I know everybody's saying he's the presumptive speaker of the House. I think there's some Republicans who might think differently about that. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know what will happen if they take control. But this is exactly what we always talk about. So first of all, just a couple things. Number one, every single race is in play. Let's just 
I think everybody knows that, but let's just be clear about it because we've been talking about the election. We've been talking about getting out there and voting. We've been talking about it's just it's going to take more than just you going to vote. You need to be acting like you're sitting around the kitchen table and talking to your neighbors, your friends and everybody else. Every single race is in play. Any race that they tell us is close, figure the Republican is up. Any race they tell us the Democrats up by eight or seven or eight or nine, figure it's a tie. Every single race, including the governorship in Michigan, uh, including all of the races we always talk about, Ohio, Georgia, Pennsylvania, they're all in play. This is as vulnerable as a party has ever been going into a midterm election. And here we have Kevin McCarthy already conceding ground saying, hey, let's all just get along because we'll never play on their ball field. We'll never play at the level they play at. We'll never play the same way they play. And that's why, as I always say, whether it's McCarthy, whether it's McConnell, whether it's, it doesn't really matter. John Cornyn, they they all get their ass kicked around all the time in all of these debates. That's the bottom line. And so it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And and you know what? Hopefully, you know what? Because I know they have to vote for speaker. He's not going to have the votes if if he's already talking like that. He's not going to have the votes. I mean, you've got a a, a class of brand new MAGA uh, Republicans coming in who, you know, they're out there pushing that agenda saying we're going to be yeah. you know we're going to be addressing things we're going to go we're going to go and do what you ask us to do and one of those things that they've asked them to do is and and one in particular is Mayorkas is impeaching him for the way the border is being handled i mean that's directly affecting everyone personally and we're seeing we're seeing the ramifications of that throughout the country not only in the border states but as these these people are migrating to other states or they're being shipped to other states and and you know like DeSantis and uh and uh the Texas governor are doing they're sending them to specific democrat blue cities in particular to point out the problem um and speaking of which you, you know we played that uh we played that clip from Project Veritas I think it was last night right G that first clip um well turns out there's another clip Oh, yeah. About the uh, same guy from Eric Adams's group, this guy named Chris Baugh. He's the advanced team for New York City's uh, Mayor Eric Adams. And, uh, man, this guy just really likes to talk. And he pretty much, I, I would be surprised if he's still employed um, by the city of New York and the, and the Adams administration at this point, uh, especially after the first one. In this one, he literally calls Eric Adams uh, corrupt. Um, and, and claims to have said it to his face. So let's check this out. This is cut number eight. G, go. The cops are mad at us, though, because we roll back the private sector mandate, but are rolling back the public sector mandate. Like, public service employees still have to be man, uh, vaccinated. But we were requiring all private employers to be mandate vaccines as well. And we've stopped doing that. So. Why? No, no. Who gives a shit that COVID's over? Is the short answer. <laughs> Why are we still doing it for the public sector? I don't know. We'll probably stop that in a few months. 1,400 people voluntarily quit their jobs. Now listen to the way he get vaccinated. They don't deserve their jobs back. They chose not to do a very, very harmless thing that like protects the rest of society. I don't give a shit. They're like, this is unfair. Can deal with it. We're allowed to set the terms of employment. Period. What's the mayor said? He said they quit. Why do they? Why should they get their jobs back? They quit. I have no sympathy for them. Like, they made a choice. That was the rule. You had a very cushy government job. You can always go not work for the government. 
Although for a while, you could. You just had to move out of New York, which was yeah. great. Again, no one was required to get vaccinated. You just had to get vaccinated if you had a job. So I'm sorry, but that's a requirement. Could have moved to Florida. <laughs> Um, being a cop is like the cushiest gig in the city. This like, guy is really. You might get shot, but otherwise, it's very good. He's like, the city is out of control. It is not safe. And I'm like, you're right. I just always joke that I'm like, New York's sort of like Hogwarts. Like, it's a lot of fun, great opportunities, and people die. Has he made any like changes with that in, um, the, in the city? Not as mayor. Like, he did a lot of stuff as a police captain. Um, he was one of the loudest voices, like, calling out various elements of the PD. Now check this part. Uh, like, the police captain's union didn't endorse him in the primary. Why not? Andrew, because he, like, had been really aggressive against them. The mayor thinks he's got, like, ambition for running for president. And, like, this is it for you. Like, no, <laughs> you can't. You are very corrupt. And, like, lots of other issues. How so? Um, like, he's worth two and a half million dollars and has rental properties. And, like, all he's ever done is be a cop and a civil servant. Ding. Thank you, Project Veritas. I mean, a couple things that, that are glaring in that is this guy's contempt for for the people who decided, hey, you know what? Uh, I don't think this vaccination is for me. And, uh, and how he believes that the cops have the cushiest jobs. Of course, they could get shot. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, no they could get shot. But that's usually every cushy job comes with the possibility of getting shot, Damon. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's just New York in a nutshell right there. That guy basically representing New York. And I mean, listen, speaking of races that are in play, you know, uh, I mean, you see what's going on with these votes for to make these vaccines mandatory on the child vaccine list to be able to go to school for five through 11 year olds. Yeah. Um, if you have any doubt that if that passes both votes, that Kathy Hochul will make that a, a permanent thing. I mean, if you have kids of that age and you're on the fence of who to vote for, I mean, it, it really, it's time for New York to decide. I mean, it sounds crazy, but that race is, that race is in play too. Um, it's really up to New York now whether they want to have some sanity come back to the state or if it's just going to delve into a total Democratic hellhole um, because Lee Zeldin can win that race. And with him, you know, I don't know if he'll be DeSantis exactly, but he'll be a lot better than Hochul, and you won't have to worry about your kids getting shot with this poison, and you won't have to worry about a lot of other things that a governor like him won't allow. So, like, they've already taken care of it in Florida. So, listen, uh, New York is either going to be Lee Zeldin or it's going to be that guy. <laughs> That's basically what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, good point. And, yeah. and again, the contempt coming from that guy is just is telling and the fact that he tells the mayor this is it for you uh you're not running for president you're too corrupt and then he points out how many millions of dollars he's got uh he's worth and all the uh, rental properties that he seems to own on a cop salary oops oh well just because he was trying to hook up with a girl oh all right yeah. we'll, we'll take a break when we come back Slick Rick has got some sports. We'll do some news and uh, more with you guys as well. We'll see you in the chat live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Stay there. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, 
to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice on a Thursday night. Saying hello to some people in the chat here. Dragonfly, Harley Man, one cow puck is in there. Also, uh, let's see. And oh, Tommy Viper. We got a couple of them in there. Yeah. And then uh, yep. who's, who said Free Paul? That was me. <laughs> oh, that was you. <laughs> I saw it fly Free by. Free Paul Nolan. Free <laughs> Paul Nolan. Bring yeah. him back. <laughs> Uh, very so, funny. Very so, funny. So funny how people, what people think. I yeah. know. Amazing. Just because we don't talk about him, we, <laughs> we're going to have his picture removed from the place. Doesn't mean anything. Tinfoil oh. hats. Yeah. They got the tinfoil he, hats out for Paul. So, so he does, Dak he does have other things he has to do sometimes, yes. folks. <laughs> Three days a week. But I, but I still say free Paul <laughs> <laughs> Free Paul Nolan. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, man. Uh, F-bomber, right. F-Bomber's Anonymous, three meetings a week from now exactly. on. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, Rick was wondering yeah. if he was friends with the kid we just played. Exactly. He was dropping a few bombs. I think oh, he was at the table. To is that all I have to do to get a night off? <laughs> Paul was egging him on. He was buying him some younglings. <laughs> yeah, you just couldn't see him in the camera shot, but he was there. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, by the way, hey, yeah. Rick, I don't know if you guys talked. I know we got to do sports, but um, I remember like a year ago, we talked about it on the show, and I had stack after stack after stack of article after article after article talking about um, Georgia's election law. It was, I think it was Jim Crow. It was. Um, yes. It was um, all kinds of. I mean, it was just one after the other after the other. You could go through all the uh, all the media outlets. They all they all wrote these articles. All the m- major news. Uh, they all talked about it. They all brought these people on. We were told it was this. It was that. We we don't want black people to vote. We don't we don't want anybody to vote. You know these Republicans. And I, and now it's just funny that I just happened to come across the CNBC article um, yesterday. Georgia breaks first day early voting record, nearly doubles figures from last midterms. Turnout from Georgia's first day of early voting set a new state record for a midterm election. I just oof, believe that. That's a, that's oof. odd. I don't it know is odd, right? I, I don't know why that yeah, would happen. I mean, I thought we were trying not to have people vote. More than 131,000 Georgia voters cast ballots since early voting began on Monday, (laughs) according to the Secretary of State. The new early voting data in Georgia comes three weeks before the election date. You know what, Damon? So it's record turnout here. Enough with your facts. I know. (laughs) It goes against the narrative. Pay no mind. Exactly. All right. Well, that's interesting. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I do have uh, regarding the Georgia vote, we do have something we're going to play, but we're going to do it after sports. And for that, we'll go to Slick Rick Amarati sports brought to you by Mike Lindell's MyPillow. Make sure you go there. Use the LFS6B code in the checkout and save plenty of money.
because that's yeah. a good thing. Slick Rick, what do you got? All right, let's get caught up on some scores. Big one tonight in Houston. The Astros and Yankees are scoreless. Bottom of the second AL, ALCS, the American League Championship game two tonight. And Houston leads the series one nothing. So Yanks are looking to even things up and bring the series back for game three on Saturday. Houston looked good, though, right? They look strong. No. Uh, the Yankees can't figure this team out. They haven't for years. I don't know what it is. Every time they face this team, they just never can get the job done. Every time they hit a ball, it's right to where they are. I mean, just they, they just play the Yankees so well. I don't know. It's just the Yankees can't get the code on this team. They can't get the, the door unlocked. They just can't. No, they can't. So, a uh, tough one. And then uh, the Phillies and the uh, Padres, good series there, too. Tied up at one. Game three tomorrow night. Scene switches to Philadelphia. Should be a rocket. We know the Philly crowd. They know how to welcome a, a visiting team. So, San Diego is going to get the treatment in Philly. And that's going to be some game tomorrow night as well. 7:37 first pitch. Football underway. Big D. And, man, I know how to pick them. The Saints are up 7 nothing. <laughs> we're not even three minutes into the first quarter. <laughs> so, there you go. Come on, Kyle Murray. Let's go, baby. So anyway, yep, Saints up, and that's in Arizona State Farm Arena. So like a good neighbor, hopefully they, they pull it out. <laughs> Didn't they get their uh, their wide receiver back? What was his name? Oh, um, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, yes. Right. D-Hop. Yes, yeah, so we'll see. It's early in, in that game as well. Uh, NBA action tonight. Bucks and 76ers in Philly. Philly's home opener, and they're losing by one. 38-37, 345 oh, in the second. Eh, no big deal. Clippers <laughs> at the Lakers, so they'll be at the Crypto.com <laughs> Arena tonight, Big D, 10 p.m. No, we're not giving on the Sixers yet. They did lose to Boston <laughs> Tuesday night. I wasn't happy. Believe me, I was throwing a few things around the studio. And hockey. Hey, the Rangers just went up 2-1 to one over the Sharks in the Garden. Uh, 9.39 to go in the second period. Canadian Blank in the Coyotes for a zip. Bruins and Ducks tied at one up in the TD Garden. That'd be 12-28 to go in the second. And Islanders taking on the Devils in UBS Arena in Belmont, Long Island. And there's no score. End of one period. A couple of quick stories. I mean, a lot of this Bubba Watson story is really getting uh, getting a lot of traction there. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, Kyle Petty. Bubba Wallace should have been suspended for rest of the year. This is from Dustin Long of Yahoo Sports. NBC Sports analyst the great Kyle Petty, says that Bubba Wallace should have been suspended the rest of the season for intentionally wrecking Kyle Lawson and that Wallace did, did what he did after the accident. Um, Petty, Petty made his comments on Wednesday's Motor Mouth show on Peacock. NASCAR suspended Wallace one race for intentionally wrecking Lawson. NASCAR did not, participa- uh, did not penalize Wallace for exiting his car before a safety worker arrived uh, or for walking down the track as cars went by to reach Lawson before shoving Lawson multiple times. So you have a safety violation, you have a, a causing an accident, and then he went and he started, you know, accosting the guy. Yeah. So, anyway, Wallace did issue a week apology, I mean, apology on social media Monday. He should have been suspended for the rest of the year. Rest of the year, Petty, uh, Petty said of Wallace. He said it twice. Uh, he drives for Denny Hamlin, who's been vocal about safety. His teammate, Kirk Bush, the only reason he's in the 45 car is his teammate's car was all that all been ended because of an accident in the car that the driver would, uh, have vocalized that it needs to be safer. He turns the guy in the right rear, the outside wall, intentionally steering brake. That's laughable. Turns the guy into the outside wall, then walks across the racetrack. First, you intentionally wreck somebody. That's a suspension. He's walking across the track, and cars are going by him on both sides. That's not safe. That should be another suspension. And physically confronts a driver and shoves him. That's a physical confrontation. And Petty went on to say, if I do that on a sidewalk, I'll be in handcuffs somewhere. So he's physically confronts the driver. I just don't think NASCAR wanted to really address Bubba Watson with all the controversy. That's my own take on that, Rick. I really mm-hmm. think that's the case. They didn't yeah, want to make he, a big you could deal. be on the You something. keep confusing me here with you keep saying. 
saying Bubba Watson. I'm thinking about the golfer instead of Bubba Wallace. It's Bubba Wallace, Bubba Wallace right? I'm saying yeah, Watson, Bubba Wallace. Wallace. Bubba Wallace, yes, sorry. You know why? Because I got a story coming up about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> okay. Driving 97 miles an hour. All right. Yeah, so Bubba Wallace. So Deshaun Watson is yeah, later. Deshaun Watson, I got that All coming right. up next. And what about so, Bubba Wa- 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 Watson? Well, yeah, Bubba Watson, yeah, he's retired from All golf. Right. <laughs> All right. Great, Great that, that we got that all straightened out. Hey, uh, a story that uh, we, we uh, played a bunch of clips on Monday from the Herschel Walker, Raphael Warnock debate that was right here on Real America's Voice from Friday night. Um, here's one that I talked about that I, I said I should have grabbed, and I ended up getting it to Geo today. Here is Herschel, since we're talking about sports, and he's your favorite uh, Georgia oh, Bulldog, love him. talking about his take on student loan forgiveness. Check this out. Senator Warnock has gotten good at being in Washington because you asked the question, why did Congress not do it instead of the president doing an executive order, which is what should have been done. And as I was traveling around the state of Georgia, I talked to people. Some people that wanted to go to college, they couldn't. So they ended up going and working on father's farm. Some military wanted to go to college, they didn't. So he went to the military, may have lost an arm. So this is not right. Georgia people say it's not right. And, I, and I, they said it's, un, it's unfair. First of all, how can you transfer someone debt who owe it to someone that don't owe it? And also, Senator Warnock brags about making $400 billion that now the taxpayer, all you in the audience, got to pay for. You got to pay that debt. And I didn't co-sign for anyone's loan. I hope no one out here co-signed for anyone's loan because I didn't co-sign for anyone's loan. And it's not right. It's not fair. Yeah, and that was his point when he was talking about loan forgiveness. Yep. And again, you know, that that's supposed to be a uh, quote-unquote dead heat race for that Senate seat. Uh, that means that Herschel is up, and he's probably starting to pull away. And with answers like that, because that's talking to people like like he he's one of them, you know, saying, hey, that ain't fair. You know it's not fair. He's being told, you know, he's going around around the state talking to people about stuff, and they agree. It's not fair. And that's that's basically the point. It's about being fair for everyone. Right. Even in NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, if Herschel was chasing me down the street in NASCAR, I I would keep driving. Yeah, me too. All right, we'll we'll take we'll take a quick break. We come back more live from Studio Six B. Real America's Voice. Stay there. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. It is a Thursday night. Thank you for joining us. And especially if you're uh, hanging out with us in the chat, you know the magic number we need to hit to see those uh, Slick Rick kicks. Absolutely. Free Paul uh, Nolan. Free Paul (laughs) Nolan. Stop with that nonsense. Turn him off. (laughs) <laughs> Emphasis on the F and free. F, free ball. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so, uh, yeah. So, if you're in the chat, thank you for joining. Firefly 6260's in there. Cindy C is in there. Uh, Ant Surname Man is in there. Uh, Mashugi Nurse? Mashugi Nurse? I guess that's the way you pronounce it. I don't know. Mo Ma- Man Me? Uh, yeah, Mo Mark Man Me. A lot of good people in there. Yeah. Everybody saying hello. Most of them are good. <laughs> Most of them are good. Yeah, just just leave just leave uh, David Zero. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so uh, President Biden was out, and uh, 
it's usually a disaster. I mean, today was the day, and I don't think we got any clips of it, where he, he did a, uh, he, he and John Fetterman decided to do a, an event together. From what I understand. Crazy Town. He spoke. and yeah, we have uh, Crazy Town. Fetterman didn't, right. Yeah, have you ever seen a candidate hold a hold a rally for themselves and they don't speak <laughs> and they or don't take talk. any questions? Oh, that's, that, that's basically where we're at. A rally for him, he doesn't speak and he takes no questions. Oh yeah, and in Crazy Town, we're all going to learn a new number. You think you did good math? No, 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 no. Oh no. yes, I saw that. That was interesting. Um, do you want to do that now? Since we're teasing it, I didn't want to. I don't want to tease it. Um, but what the heck? Let's just do it. Roll it. Let's go, Crazy Town. Here we go. Because let's face it, uh, when you got these two titans of of talk together <laughs> on stage, <laughs> well, we got to see the uh, the results of this. Crazy Town, G, let it fly. What could possibly go wrong? Where did that come from? I'm not going to keep it too long. (laughs) One of my best buddies from Scranton, as we say, Bobby Casey. I know his dad and his mom still around. And Representative Doyle, which... (laughs) How about this one? Is this working? Well, I tell you what, I knew he'd come here and do this. No, I'm joking. Can we get there? You go. All right. I decided still to come to Pittsburgh. I came straight here from the airport. When I arrived, Mayor Ganey, who's not here right now, was here. Bobby and Connor and John Fetterman. And and, and John, thank you uh, very much for uh, for running. I really do appreciate it. And Zell, you're gonna you're gonna be a great. Uh, Great lady in the Senate. I signed in the law <laughs> a once in a generation investment over a billion two hundred a trillion two hundred billion dollars. That's a it's lot of money. It's called the bipartisan infrastructure law. <laughs> and it's the most significant investment in American infrastructure, roads, bridges, etc. Than Eisenhower's inter- since Eisenhower's interstate highway system. When I was here in January, I told the governor that we'd help. And we'd be help rebuild this bridge behind us as fast as we possibly could. Pennsylvania has been able to repair Fern Hollow Bridge in less than a year. And by Christmas, God willing, we'll be walking. I'm coming back to walk over to sucker. Although my, my staff said to me, you realize how many times you've been to Pittsburgh? I said, no, I said 19. I said, but Bobby, don't tell them in Scranton. No tell them in Scranton. Uh, anyway, uh, but we, it's gig. being done in record time. Not a single penny of that money was has cost anybody making under four hundred grand in the nation <laughs> to pay a penny more in taxes. And by the way, in the process, we also cut the deficit in this process nationally by a trillion four hundred billion dollars just this year. Well, you did. As I was talking to your person, Gov, also. We're going to get the railroad going, too. I'm a real guy. Anyway, just outside of Pittsburgh, we're investing $850 million to replace and expand a 100-year-old Montgomery Locks and Dam. That's critical to the nation's economy. And, Bobby, I promised you, 
he'd been on my back to get this done for since I got elected president. Don't forget the lockjaw. So I just think, I'm not sure how we're going to do this, but so long as I, I couldn't say no. So uh, we get the money for the lock project done. I think we should call it Casey's Lock. I don't know. Uh, but uh, Bobby, you, you have been for a Scranton guy to worry about the locks in this side anyway. And thanks to the infrastructure law, Pennsylvania's going to get $170 million job. over five years to build out the electric charging stations. And that's just what we need because half of the new car sales in America are going to be electric by the end of this decade. When the wells and fields went dry, the companies left people and left it for people of Pennsylvania to clean it up. Well, guess what? We're going to clean it up. It's sending Pennsylvania close to, and Connor, I know you worked on this, close to $350 million this year to cap the wells and reclaim the abandoned man, uh, mine lands. But never again should a parent have to drive their kid to a McDonald's parking lot oh, here we go. sit there to connect to McDonald's internet so they could do their homework. Oh. Not a joke. You homework saw it happen. delicious. So those laws about more than rebuilding our infrastructure. It's about rebuilding the middle class. Something John knows a lot about and talks a lot about. Let me tell you, I'm a proud Delawarean, but Pennsylvania is my native state. It's in my heart. I can't tell you how much it means to me to be part of rebuilding this beautiful state. My grandfather, Finney Scrampton, would really be proud of me right now. No, I'm not joking. He would. By the way, he's an All-American football player, John, in Santa Clara. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. Let me close with this. No, he wasn't. For a lot of families, it's still kind of tough. I looked it up. But the bright spots were America's reasserting itself. We're proving our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. We just have to keep it going. We are the United States of America. There's nothing beyond our capacity if we work together. This is an example of. <laughs> so where was John Fetterman? Where was that? Well, so, see, here, see, here's the thing. See, Fetterman's people are, are not are not thinking. If there was ever a day for Fetterman to want to speak after somebody or before somebody that would make him sound better, today was the day to do it. Yeah, especially if they were talking about numbers. Just have Fetterman yeah. read a bunch of numbers. I mean, Fetterman could have said three billion, four trillion, nine hundred and sixty-two. <laughs> you know, just as easily. See, and I was on the impression of having those two so close in proximity would cancel each other out and they'd both disappear. <laughs> hey, do you, do you know since we featured that song, I mean, of course, it has nothing to do with us, but that song is everywhere now. Everywhere. Everyone's noticed it. It's everywhere now. I think it's even on the iTunes chart now. I think Don Jr. Uh, retweeted it. Did he? Don Jr. Yeah. I like the oh, night after funny. we played it. Oh, it's absolutely everywhere now. Yeah. Well, Don Jr. watches the show. He's a friend of the show, actually. <laughs> I'm just going to say it until he shows up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was, the, uh, that was from uh, today's event out in Pennsylvania where he was. And, and it's odd because, you know, that's, I think that's so far the only candidate that's running for office anywhere in this country that has invited Joe to, to you know, hey, I'll stand with you. I won't talk with you because I can't talk, but can you show up for me? I mean, I still stick with what I said. I, how that guy gets any any votes, not even, never mind it being close, how he gets any votes is just beyond me. I mean, I don't know how anybody can vote for that guy. 
I mean, he's such a disaster. The fact that he had his own rally that he wouldn't speak at and wouldn't take questions. And now he's really got his wife just running cover for him at pretty much at all times now. She was out with him today and a reporter tried to ask him questions and she says, well, we're not taking any questions. So she's, I guess, his campaign manager now, too, I guess. I don't yeah. know if you caught it in Crazy Town, but Biden said she should uh, be in the Senate. Right. He said yeah, she'd be been, a great guess, lady in the Senate. Yeah. Well, the only way she gets there is if he dies, just just so you know. So, I, I mean, I don't know what Biden's inferring, but that'd be, you know, that's pretty rough. Yeah. Did you, did you actually see him? Did you see any footage? Uh, I did catch a little bit of footage of him with uh, Biden out at this event, and he actually had a suit on. A very large talking heads like... Uh, David Byrne type suit. It looked like it was it was fitted for Frankenstein or something. Just crazy looking. And he had a he had a fly on his head. I don't know if maybe he's lost sensation of feelings and stuff. Uh, I don't know if that's one of those uh, those things that happens when when you suffer something like that that you lose certain things. Like we we know his capacity to speak has been hindered, but I don't know if there are other physical things that happen. I I, I don't know anybody who's suffered one, so I wouldn't know. But uh, is is that one of those things? I I would I would love to know if 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 that's one of those things that happens where you know you kind of lose certain facilities until yeah. they come back. I don't know. But I thought it was yeah, odd I, that I the fly was on his head. I don't know either. But g- given what we went through with President Trump and every single uh, psychologist from a distance, uh, psychosis from a distance, every single person who never met him told us about how he should be this and he's this and he's got this case and he's got a case of this and the way yeah. he drinks his water is this, the way he walks down ramps is this. I don't see nearly that same kind of um, push from the media to make sure that this guy's okay, which clearly he's not. But, um, but just like in Georgia. Honestly, I don't I don't know how how Herschel Walker doesn't run away with that race. I don't know how Dr. Oz maybe not run away, but doesn't beat this guy, especially when you look at the early voting tallies that have come out of Georgia. Again, I know I touched on it before, but that 131,000 early voters that represents an 85% boost over the 2018 midterms when nearly 71,000 early votes were cast on day 1. So I mean, when you think about that, that's the largest tally uh, on the state's first day of early voting. 136,739 was the 2020 presidential election. 131,318. I mean, it's just, that's why the Washington Times has a piece today entitled The Democrats' Upcoming Shellacking. And I mean, that may be a good way to put it. If Georgia, in this first day there, absentee ballots way up as well. We'll see. Yeah. And this coming from the Fetterman campaign in a report, uh, Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman has released an updated medical report since we were asking uh, from a doctor's visit on October the 14th. In the report, Dr. Clifford Chen stated that Fetterman is recovering well from his stroke and his health has continued to improve, adding that Fetterman has no work restrictions and can work full duty in public office. So there you go. He wrote that right, right after he wrote the check to his campaign. He wrote that. Right. Exactly. So we're not taking you seriously, Doc. Thanks. Exactly. But, uh, but hey, at least he got a doctor's note that says, hey, I'm good to go. Oh, and my wife says, uh, you know, I'm good to go. So we can believe those two, and you can take that to the bank and vote for. But in terms of, uh, yeah, in terms of voting uh, in Arizona, you know, you talk about other candidates, Katie Hobbs. We'll play some clips from her because uh, 
Man, oh man, some more information's coming out about her and how much she likes to not show up for work, which could be indicative of uh, you know things to come if she were to win the governor's race out there. We'll cover that. We've got a couple clips from her as well. Again, dodging Carrie Lake at every turn because she doesn't want to debate, and when called out on it, she, she just she just starts paddling and paddling and paddling and making up stuff. And oh well, oh, I, she, it would it would she be can crazy. go on CNN, right? Yeah. Exactly. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back, do some news. We'll show you a little bit of Ka- uh, Katie Hobbs and more on this edition of Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Stay there. B Real America's Voice Thursday night. Thank you for joining us. Slick Rick has got sports. Damon is here. Hey. Checking in from the uh, from the home studio. His doesn't look like a bathroom, which no. is nice. Hell no. <laughs> Kidding me? I look better here than I do there. <laughs> yeah, we know. You do. Look there. <laughs> You've told us. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we'll cut. We, we've got some stuff that we want to get to in just a little bit, but we got to get to sports because, uh, as Slick recalled it, um, some things are happening in a football game that has implications on his on his bank account. Well, before we get to that, let's talk about the Yankees getting the squeeze in Minute Maid Park right now, as the Astros just went up three nothing over ah. the Yankees in the end of the third in- inning. There, so uh, not good for the Yanks. Lose trailing one nothing in Game Two of the series, and uh, now they're trailing three zip in the score. So uh, a lot of a lot of game left. But you're right, Big D. They can't crack the code there of the nope. uh, Houston Astros. It's amazing. Nope. Well, remember last time they played them in the playoffs, the Astros were caught cheating, and they still were allowed to keep their World Series. But I'm just, I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah, you know, it's nothing but an election, nothing to see there. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about NFL Thursday night football streaming on Amazon right now. Well, the Saints lead the Cardinals 7-3. Cardinals with a field goal, closed the gap a little bit. And uh, the Saints were driving, but their quarterback, Andy Dalton, who's filling in, good old Andy, got picked off in the end zone as Big D. Just let me know. With 2.06 to go in the first quarter, Cardinals ball. And uh, we'll keep an eye on that score as well. I laid, uh, let's see, I laid five on uh, the Cardinals, laying two and a half. So, hey, I get a touchdown here, and I'll be back in good graces. So we'll keep an eye on that again. And uh, let's get back. I want to do that uh, Deshaun Watson uh, story. Uh, This is going to be brought to you by Baby Watson Cheesecakes. No, no. Uh, But Deshaun Watson busted for driving 97 (laughs) miles an hour soon after trade to Browns. Deshaun Watson was cited for driving 27. Sound like Paul leaving the studio two nights ago. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, we know Mr. No. He's got, he's got a heavy foot. Anyway, he was driving 27 miles an hour over the speed limit in Ohio only a few months after being traded to the Cleveland Browns, according to reports. Watson was pulled over on the highway on June 11th in Sandusky, Ohio, by the Ohio State Patrol for driving 97 miles an hour in a 70-mile-an-hour zone, according to TMZ. You know, they're always on it. And police body cam footage shows that Watson's encounter with the officer was respectful as the officer asked the troubled player how fast he thought he was going. Watson then answered, 
like 97. So he was honest. And Watson is currently serving an 11-game suspension for violating the league's code of uh, personal conduct policy. And But social media erupted with scorn after the league and the NFL Players Association agreed on the settlement that Deshaun Watson, the quarterback accused of at least two dozen incidents of sexual misconduct, would only be suspended for 11 games and pay a $5 million fine. But uh, what, what a story. Unbelievable. And I tell you, I was watching him. I watched the footage, and well, he looks like a troubled fella. He really does. Like He's got a lot of the weight of the world on his shoulders. Shoulders, you know, such so as some some story, but uh, crazy. Well, and, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he was excited to get to his new team, yeah, right? He was. It wasn't like he was in Texas; he was in Ohio. That's right. He's Absolutely. trying to get there. He wants to play. Absolutely. And uh, Tyson or he had a massage appointment. I don't know. Well, we're getting to a little boxing real quick. Tyson Fury confirms uh, December 3rd, Derek Chisora trilogy bout at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And this is uh, Tyson Fury has confirmed he will take on Derek Chisora in their trilogy fight on December 3rd in London. This is from Mike Copinger of ESPN. Earlier today, Fury tweeted confirmation of the bout, which will be streamed on ESPN Plus as the two heavyweights face each other for the first time since 2014. Fury, 32-0-1, 23 knockouts. WBC heavyweight champion said he was retired following a six-round TKO victory of Dylan White in April, but reversed course in August with claims he would fight Chisora, a heavyweight gatekeeper, a third time. The Gypsy King then insisted in September he was in serious talks for a December bout with former champion Anthony Joshua, but that never came to be. It fell through when his manager and promoter Frank Warren couldn't get get anything together with Eddie Warren, Eddie Hearn rather, who you know, the talks broke off. So that's unfortunate. Eventually we'll get to that. Fight. Fight. And uh, the big fight, obviously, will be Alexander Usyk, who is the uh, other undefeated champion right now. That should be a unification bout probably sometime late next year. And that's a wrap in sports. All right. Well, thank you, Rick. Hey, uh, Ami Horowitz is, is a favorite of Damon's. I know he's seen his stuff a lot of times. We played it here. Uh, featured recently in the Daily Wire. Uh, he, he's kind of made this art form out of uh, the Man on the Street interviews and, and trying to get people to do stuff. Well, he's pretending in this one his latest is because of all the uh the transition stuff that's going on the more we're finding out about you know schools and and people trying to push kids into transitioning when they shouldn't be uh, let's let's just say he, he decided to take things onto himself and he's pretending to gather signatures in, in support of a annie rodriguez a fictional five-year-old whose parents won't allow her to undergo gender swapping surgery so he takes to the streets um and you can guess the rest here we go with amy on the loose check this out how old is she she's five she wants to do the transition now correct as a five-year-old okay great well, thank you very much good luck. thank you very much getting people to sign a petition I'm Ami Horowitz, and the very young transitioning has gathered a lot of support from the left. But how young is too young? Let's find out. Little Annie Rodriguez is a five-year-old girl of color, and she wants to transition, but her bad parents won't let her. Would you guys mind signing a support for her? Thank you. Uh, Little Annie Rodriguez is a five-year-old girl of color, and she wants to transition. And um, her parents aren't letting her. Uh-huh. And we're trying to petition support for her. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you. At five, she has a, a right to be who she wants to be, correct? I agree. And I think she knows what she is. Right. I think she's developed, fully developed enough to realize that. Her parents think that she can't make that kind of decision, and we think she can. And I think she's 
You don't need to make a decision like that. Okay. Thank you. If you're coming up to people and during a pandemic, I think you should at least be wearing a mask. But, but it's for Lou Annie Rodriguez. There's <laughs> no pandemic, lady. Oh. What do you think about parents who won't let their kids transition? How do you feel about that? It's not, not great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What do you think about parents who won't let the kids transition? What are your thoughts? Uh, not very open-minded. I mentioned she's five years old. Okay. And they're against it. Five years. You know, old. she wants to go. She feels strongly about How it. How old is she? She's five. She wants to do the transition now. Correct. As a five-year-old. Okay. Great. Yeah, Thank okay. you very much. Good luck. Thank you very much. But I, I would that say that they do know how they feel. I think you know how they feel. Yeah. I agree. And if they feel like they should go through the steps, like, hormone surgery, I think that's more healthy for them. I agree. And that their parents should take a step back and let their kids do what they feel is right. I'm glad that you're doing this. Thank you very much. Really amazing. Thank you. You're so sweet. You know, she wants to go through the hormone therapy, the surgery, and I think she can make her own decisions mm -hmm. in life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Little Annie Rodriguez. <laughs> Little Annie Rodriguez. Go through hormone therapy and surgery and become who she is. Okay. Thank you very much for yeah, support. No she wants to take hormone therapy. She wants yeah. to finish the surgery. Hormone therapy and get surgery. Uh, yeah. Sure. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Of course. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Nobody's even questioning. Thank you. That's sure. amazing. Thank you very much. It's like. She's opening a Kool-Aid stand. Yeah. It's like, but thank you for supporting her decision at five years old. Thank you. How sad is that a world where they won't allow a five-year-old to do that? Yeah. Thank you, though. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, it's a petition yeah. for what? What's the petition? Uh, trans, someone wants to become trans and uh, parents won't let them. Someone wants to be, how old are they? Five. They're five? Mm -hmm. and they're, they're right? Your parents don't let you. <laughs> finally. Wow, finally. Finally. Yeah. Took one token guy. <laughs> one guy. One guy on the campus of UCLA that has any brains. I yeah. mean, it just it just shows you when you go. I mean, this is the you know this is the education system, and then obviously the universities. They're just filled with liberal, uh, you know, Democrats. But it just shows you when you go to a campus like that, you can literally lead the witness with pretty much anything. And if you have some buzzwords and you have some conviction, they just play along. It's like we always say they're like it's like when we say they're like drones. It's literally like they're like drones. There's no thought. No, no thought, no inv individual thought for themselves. No, no, nothing. Just hit all the buzzwords. Five-year-old, yep. uh, colored girl, you know, wants to transition. Parents won't, uh, you know, parents are the victims. Uh, kids, the victim. Parents are the bad guys. And just shows you, just lead the witness. No problem. Yeah, five years old, and 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 these are supposedly college-educated kids who who are sitting there going, "At five years old, did I even know what a hormone was? <laughs> I didn't even want shots when I was five. No. I remember I'd cry. What are you kidding me? This kid wants to change their entire body. I, I just couldn't believe the attitude. The critical, oh, yeah, sure. yeah, the critical thinking skills that are missing from today's college students on full display at UCLA. Wonderful. Good way to wrap up the first hour. We'll take a quick break. Come back. LFS6B, Real America's Voice. Stay there. from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice Thursday night. Thank you for joining us. Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 470. You've also got us on Samsung TV Plus. 
channel 1029 all the socials as well especially the getter chat where you can find us at real am voice jump on the uh, live feed click on that little button there it'll jump you right into the uh, into the live chat if, if that's something you're interested in we got a great community over there original hawk is there saying free paul nolan uh silverfoot is there free tj paul nolan free paul <laughs> nolan free are, are paul you silver nolan. fox as well now too you keep changing your uh, your voice, uh, your your moniker, and jumping in into chat. There, Dame. Donate donations to Free Paul Nolan can be sent to Damone Roberts at Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing we're in New York because Paul doesn't have to worry about bail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes, good point. Well, good point, G. No, because he's not a Democrat. So you have to worry about it. There's two tiers. We're not on the right side here. AZ Girls 64 is in there. And, of course, Slick Rick is here with some sports. Uh, Damon is jumping in and joining us. How are you feeling today, by the way, there, Big D? Uh, I feel pretty good. You know, I'm just looking forward to Saturday and um, getting this laser done. And then hopefully hearing, you know, I still have to deal with the, the gas bubble that they put in my eye. And that'll that's probably going to take six more six weeks or so to kind of slowly get smaller and smaller and smaller and vanish and go away. I'll have to right. deal with that. So my right eye is still, you know, still hard to do certain things, but uh, I'm just hoping that Saturday, you know, I can kind of take back on a full schedule drive and uh, try to get back to some sense of normalcy. E- even if it means, you know, I'm here in the, in the home studio for a little bit while right. I kind of get my feet back underneath me, get driving and getting all that stuff. Um, and I'm hoping that Saturday I get like a, uh, you know, kind of a green light to go ahead and at least start doing full days. Now now at home, do you have a bell that you summon everyone in the house to bring you stuff? <laughs> or, or are you doing that kind um, of thing? <laughs> well, let me, let, me, let me think about that. Uh, no. <laughs> No, I I noticed that that you stopped and you're like, uh, let me make sure nobody can hear me. Uh, Yeah, okay, yeah, I can say no. (laughs) I think everybody's everybody's asleep. Oh no, nine o'clock day still might be up, but uh, no. Well, I mean, my wife's just an angel sent from God, so I mean, I don't have to I don't have to do too much. But then and the kids have been good through it too. So everybody has. I mean, I said it last night, but the audience and and the um. You know the messages and the emails and the and the in the messages through Getter and the comments on Getter and just you know I've I've seen a lot of it I've tried to respond to some of it, um, although it is hard to it's hard to type. But right, yeah. I, I, I went to fill a, went to fill a glass of water and of course when I look down is the worst because <laughs> oh. and I'm holding it I'm holding it under the sink and I'm realizing no. It looks like I'm I'm not even near the water. It's not even going in the glass. I'm like, move it over. <laughs> Were you near the toilet instead? You're like, oh, oh wait, the wrong. No, but I wasn't. I wasn't near the falling water. I can tell you that. So well, hopefully, it, you know it's what? good. Hopefully, things good. go well on Saturday. And uh, you know, it was funny because I, I saw your son filling up the truck the other day. I was like, wow, he's out for a nice ride. I didn't know if he was that old. I'm kidding. He did. He didn't steal your. He didn't steal your truck and go for a joy ride. I'm joking. Oh my well, goodness! When you, said, good. when you said that, you know, sometimes <laughs> our kids play basketball against each other. So I thought maybe I miss them. <laughs> Imagine that and be like, "Hey, Damon, I saw your son filling up the truck," and he's like, "What? <laughs> he does not old enough to drive." Uh, anyhow, um, let's jump into some more stuff. We've got some great clips here. And, and speaking of uh, speaking of gassing up your truck, um, a big story has been. The sale of the U.S. oil reserves, 
from the Biden administration putting it out there. And uh, the White House is defending it, of course, um, because we all know what happened when when, ga- when barrels of oil were $24 a barrel. Uh, President Donald Trump at the time proposed filling the SPR, the Strategic, uh, strategic Petroleum Reserve, to its maximum capacity by purchasing 77 million barrels of oil at $24 a barrel. The plan was scrapped by congressional Democrats who called it a bailout for the oil industry. Now, if you know anything about the the way the oil works, um, and I think we've talked about it here, they can't just simply turn it off for a while. It's got to continue to flow. I, 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 From what I understand, the machinery, the way it works, it could really cause problems if you try and shut it down. So the idea was, okay, you know what? It's And this was at the beginning of the pandemic when a lot of people weren't driving. So the idea was, okay, you know what? The price of oil is dropping. Let's grab it at this cheap price and stick it where, you know, where we can use it. And, and you know, like the article says here from the Washington Examiner, kind of top off the SPR. And, uh, you know, that does us a world of good in case there's an issue, in case there's a problem. We've got the Strategic Petroleum Reserve all topped off and ready to go. And that was Trump's idea. And, of course, Chuck Schumer led the charge to shut that all down. So what happens today? Well, as uh, President Biden continues to empty the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, it is now now down nearly 200 million billion trillion barrels, according to him. And oil is trading at $90 a barrel. And, and of course, being the wonderful negotiator he is, who never tips his hand and tells you what he's going to do, yeah. Biden says he, he's going to replenish the reserve when it drops below 75. Oh, so let's just let's just tell everybody what you're planning to do. Uh, that makes no sense. And then, of course, so how how does he know it's even going to drop below seventy five? Does he control the oil that's in the in the world? I thought it was the Saudis and the Russians and the Venezuelans. I thought they're the ones that control the price of oil right now. Because remember, we don't do oil anymore. Um, he's pretty much put an end to that. But uh, of course. When asked about it, well, we've got a couple of clips. You can hear it for, for yourself. Here's, uh, here's Joe Biden talking about that buyback that, that he's so, so happy to, to tell everybody he's going to do. Cut number two, G, go. Let me, uh, let's debunk some myths here. <laughs> My administration has not stopped or slowed U.S. oil production. Yes, you have. Quite the opposite. We're producing 12 million barrels of oil per day. And by the end of this year, we will be producing one million barrels a day, more than the day in which I took office. In fact, we're on track for record oil production in 2023. And today, the United States is the largest producer of oil. And he remembers no one drove when he took office, world. right? Yeah. We export more than we import. And I've still heard from oil companies, and I've heard from oil companies that they're worried that investing in additional oil production today will will. Uh, in, in case of the, in, in case demand goes down in the future, and they're not going to be able to sell their oil products at a competitive price later, well, we have a solution for that. Today, I'm announcing a plan to refill the, strateg- the strategic petroleum reserve, oil reserve in the years ahead at a profit for taxpayers. The United States government is going to purchase oil to refill the strategic petroleum reserve when prices fall to $70 a barrel. <clears throat> that means oil companies can invest to ramp up production now. With confidence, they'll be able to sell their oil to us at that price in the future, $70. 
Refining How do you know it's going to get there? Refilling the reserve at $70 a barrel is a good price for companies. 24 is a good is price for the taxpayers. And it's critical to our national security. To put it in context, since March, the average price of oil has been more than $90 a barrel, the highest since 2014. By selling from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve at the higher price of $90 earlier this year and then refilling it in the future at a lower <laughs> price, around $70, will actually make money for the taxpayers, lower the price of gas, and help bolster production, all while totally consistent with my commitment to accelerate the transition to clean energy. <clears throat> so my message to all companies is this. You're sitting on record profits, and, you're, and we're giving you more certainty so you can act now to increase oil production now. <laughs> Who knew he controlled the world's oil reserves and, and, and could dictate prices, Damon? Who knew? I mean, there's so much about that. I mean, all of it incompetent, but there's so much about that that's not, I mean, that's not only incompetent, but it's just so, um, the, the idea, the idea that these, that oil companies and these um, companies around this country, number one, to say that he didn't uh, slow down oil production, I mean, I don't know the Keystone Pipeline. I think he canceled that on day one. Yeah, XL that was probably well. good for a, a good for a million a million barrels a day. But you know, when you think about all these oil companies, if they're going to drill more, what what do they need? What what is the most intensive part of this? Well, it's cash, it's money, it's investment into these. Well, for the last eleven or twelve years debt for these companies to take on to be able to invest to drill more has been basically zero zero that's how much money cost them to borrow money today costs them about seven times as much of of zero with the interest rates that we've been getting from the federal reserve so this idea that everything is all hunky-dory and they should just get ready to drill and it's going to come down to 70 dollars um it's most likely going to go higher when we'll see 70 is anybody's guess. And the at the at just at the White House recently, uh, American Petroleum Institute president Mike Summers said the White House is putting the United States in a very precarious position after another significant release from the strategic polling reserve. I'll call it the polling reserve because that's <laughs> what this is about. After President Biden announced an additional 15, billion, uh, 15 million barrels of oil from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve uh, to combat rising gas, price, gas prices just weeks before the midterm elections, one American oil industry leader is now calling it the Strategic Political Reserve. Uh, the president's putting us in a very precarious situation. Um, Given the geopolitical upheaval around the world, American Petroleum Institute President and CEO Mike Summers said on Thursday, we need to have that SPR in place and at the right levels dealing with the current geopolitical situation we're in today. In the coming months, the United States could again see record high gas prices, he warned. So again, Biden is so intellectually dishonest, number one, a liar, number two, the people around him are liars number three. And maybe more importantly, I don't think they understand how any of this works. It's like when he attacks the gas station owner, you gotta lower your prices. He has yeah. no concept 
of how that works. He has no concept of inflation. I don't think he has any concept of how our economy even works. The idea that he's going to refill at 70, like it's just going to be this, and these oil producers are going to expand their business when the cost of capital has gone absolutely through the roof since the beginning of the year that the Fed has raised almost 350 basis points with another probably 150 to come. No one's taking on debt. No companies are taking on debt uh, uh, at that cost of money. So he's just an idiot all around. Yeah, and, and dishonest. And, and, you know, like you said, he doesn't really understand it because he doesn't talk about, you know, he probably doesn't understand how the futures works into this because that is what, what sets prices in the future because that's what these guys work with. You know, that's how they, they determine, okay, this is what we're shooting for, um, and this is how, it, and that has a great effect that he doesn't understand or he doesn't talk about because he doesn't understand it on gas prices themselves. So when you see them start to jump, it, it chances are it's already been worked out in terms of the futures. Um, a lot of moving parts when it comes to this, and none of those parts seem to be moving in his head. So we'll take a quick break. We come back more. From Joe Biden, we'll take some questions. And also, Slick Rick's got some updates for us and scores with sports. Stay there. Oh, you know what that music means. It means your 401k is probably losing money as we speak. Because we are in a recession, despite what the resident-in-chief tells you, and despite what his administration tells you, that it might happen next year. You know, but it'll be quick. Uh, It's happening now. And the last time we saw this happen, stocks literally went to zero. We're talking big names, things that you've heard about, Washington Mutual, Lehrman Brothers, Chrysler. You know, multiple blue-chip stocks went to little or no value almost overnight. And you're probably wondering if it can happen again. Of course it can. We've already seen it happen once, so you know it can happen again. And if it did, are your sir, are your savings protected? Why not own something that has never been valued at zero? I'm talking about gold. Historically, your best hedge against inflation, which is rising like a hockey stick, and we know it, and we see it happening. The savviest Americans diversify their savings to protect themselves in these downturns in the market from global instability, which we're seeing, of course, all over the place to increase national debt, which our administration can't seem to stop spending, and a devaluing dollar. Chances are you're looking for a way to diversify yourself and get some protection. Well, here's how to get started. Contact Birch Gold Group and find out how to hold gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Text America to 989898, and a Birch Gold consultant will send you a free information kit on diversifying into gold with my two favorite words in the English language, back-to-back, tax-free. You love tax-free. In fact, if you've got a 401k, an IRA that's unperforming, you can also convert that into an IRA into precious metals. So why don't you find out more about what they can do for you at Birch Gold Group. Text America to 989898. Hedge against inflation. Protect that hard-earned money that you've worked so hard for and get your free information kit. Get it started today. All it takes is a simple text to America. Or I should say text America to 989898. Text Birch Gold today and have them send out that information kit and start learning how you can diversify into gold. And, uh, you know, 
We're talking about the inflation. We're talking about the, the, the rising gas prices. We're starting to see it. I don't know if you're starting to see it where you are. I'm starting to notice. I think it's up about, uh, I want to say, in the last 20. week, probably about 15 cents. Yeah, 15, 20 cents. I just saw it, it, Rick. Yep, I filled up last night. I was like, dang, I can't believe it. Yeah. And it's almost like you're driving by. It's like, ah, I'm at half a tank. Should I? You do Shaq, like Shaq. Well, that's what I do. Damon, you'd be be surprised that Shaq method works. Oh, yeah. I stop at a half a tank, and I fill up, and I go, I filled up for 30 bucks. Shaq was right. Because you're never upset if you're spending 25, 30 bucks. It's when you're spending 60, 70, or 80 bucks to fill up your car, then you're like, oh, you but I'm shack. telling you, it works. Yep. You do full tank when the prices are going up. You do shack method when the prices are going down. Always get the best deal. Yeah, right. You yeah. spend less. See? <laughs> or like you said, or like Fran said before, you could do the Biden method and it just ask the guy to fill it up and tell him you'll pay him, you know, when it goes down <laughs> cheaper tomorrow. <laughs> yes, the, the, the wimpy from Popeye method. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you pay you in uh, hamburgers on Tuesday, Tuesday if you fill up my tank today. Yeah. Ugh. So I have the I have the free Papa Nolan going in the chat, and I said maybe we Are should you, get a picture. Can we get a picture of um <laughs> of Paul holding today's newspaper, so we can know it's him, so we know it's him. <laughs> Almost like it's a, a hostage photo to yeah. prove yeah, that he's exactly. uh, I don't think he's allowed yes. newspapers. He'll just keep swearing. <laughs> did did he go? Did he set up a GoFundMe account? <laughs> so, someone so, <laughs> someone wrote. Someone wrote, hi, my name's Paul Nolan. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that one, man. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, That's cute. They're good. They're clever. They're clever. He's going to change his name. You know how, uh, how uh, Chuck Todd goes by F. Chuck Todd? He's going to change his name. Oh, man. It's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what are we doing here? Well, we're going to do some hedging. Yeah. Speaking of hedging, sports. I should have hedged my bet on this uh, Saints game right now. Oh, they are driving. Saints and Cardinals, State Farm Stadium, beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. Hopefully they get the election right this time. But uh, the Cardinals aren't getting it right this right now. So they trail the Saints 14-6. Uh, to 6. Although they're driving, they got the ball first and goal. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, if they, they can score and get the two-pointer, we'll have a knotted game. Two and a half points on the line, five Gs. Woo, big time. And and uh, Yankees and Astros, let's get an update there, Rick. Uh, Aaron Judge, uh, he had a man on first, but uh, they popped him up. Big D was checking the game for us. Astros continue to lead 3-2. to two. Yankees trying to climb back, but the Strohs still handling their business at Minute Maid. Then it's uh, Game 2, uh, American League Championship Series, bottom of the fifth inning. And uh, Astros at the bat with the man on first. So we'll keep track of that and we'll see how that goes. Phillies tomorrow night and the Padres, Game 3. And here's one for you. North Carolina. Carolina high schools cancel volleyball games against one school after transgender player injures girl. Now, this is from uh, Paul Boyce of Breitbart. High schools in Cherokee County, North Carolina, have canceled volleyball matches against one school after a transgender athlete, a boy living as a girl, injured another girl at a recent game. The injury occurred last month when a Highlands High volleyball player made a spike and smashed it at a, a Hisawasi Dam High player in the forehead, uh, causing severe head injuries. The 
his, I'm saying, hope I'm saying it right. The Hiwassee uh, Dam player, a biological girl, suffered severe head and neck injuries, resulting in long-term concussion symptoms, including vision problems. The girl has still not yet been cleared to play, again by her primary care physician or a neurologist, reported Education First Alliance. The Cherokee County Board of Education then voted 5-1 to one to declare a safety issue and canceled all games against Highlands High after coach and Cherokee board member Joe Wood said he had he, he said he would never have seen a hit like that before. I'll never put I'll never put a child in a position to be seriously injured. Wood said, "I think odds of an injury in these non-contact sports aren't high, but in particular in this meeting, a coach of 40 years said they'd never seen a hit like this. That was really uh, what sealed the decision, at least on my part." So school board members coming together, unanimous to vote. Of course, there's always going to be one that's going to go the other way. But uh, what do you think about that, Rick? This yeah, is the, crazy. You know what? That's uh, this is what we talk about. Yeah. This is this is why. Um, you know, they sit there and be like, well, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it should be fine. It's fine. They're, they're living as a girl. doesn't matter. Physically, they are a boy. They are stronger. They are bigger. Um, it's just, it, it's what they call science. I, I know the left hates that word. Uh, they don't like it. They don't like biology. They don't like science. They don't like anything that, that's attributed with facts. Yeah. But that's just the fact of the matter, that, that usually if you pit a girl against a boy, chances are the girl might get hurt because the boy's just going to be stronger physically. It just happens most of the time. Yeah, there's a video online, uh, GS 1788, it said that 1781 in the chat said that, uh, and I did see the video, and it was a vicious, you know, he came with a tomahawk right over the head, boom, spike, hit the girl, flush on the head. I mean, the ball was flying, and, you know, again, like you said, I mean, you, you put that against, if you're swimming or it's softball, okay, maybe a little different, but this is, this is dangerous, really. This is where you got a problem. Yeah. That's a wrap in sports, Rick. Back to you. All right. Well, thank you, Rick. And remember, uh, sports brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use the code LFX6B in checkout. Make sure you take advantage of all the great deals they have. He's always got some great deals. I haven't been on there today. I couldn't tell you what they're featuring. But you can use our code and save even more money. And that's uh, one of the little perks of uh, checking out the show. Right, Rick? Yep. Good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Let's see what he's got. I'm pulling up his website right now. Of course, the the very... Jovial Mike Lindell, always on, on the uh, <laughs> always on the front there. Mike's cool. Oh, Patriot. look at this! They got they got an overstock sale. I've never seen that before. So yeah, and, and they've got everything's the, on sale as you head into the holidays. It's ridiculous these prices. I don't even know how he makes money with these prices. The sale Keys on the dream sheets, thirty nine bucks. My pillow sheets, twenty nine bucks. Slippers, forty nine bucks. Overstock sale. I mean, they've just got everything. So. The best way to support the show and support Lindell is to go there. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. Um, yeah, we got a uh, we got a uh, uh, my pillow topper for for the girl when she went away to school. She, she have any free it. pole she's shirts? Like, she's like, ah, oh, I, I I I can't get out of bed. It's <laughs> like so get out of bed and go yeah. to class. Exactly. Uh, hey, we got some breaking. I think this is breaking news. I'm just checking the time. Yeah, eight fifty eight from just the news. Uh, Republicans win a major election integrity ruling against Michigan Secretary of State. Uh, the Republican Par Republican Party has won an election integrity lawsuit against Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. So maybe when we get back from the break, we can uh, we can get into this, Rick. All right, sounds good. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll jump into that. We also have uh, speaking of elections, those clips of Katie Hobbs that I definitely think we need to check out. We'll do that and a whole lot more live from Studio Six B. Real America's Voice, stay there.
Studio 6B, Real America's Voice, Thursday night. Damon is here. Friend of the show, Damon, is checking in. Looking good. He says he's feeling better, which is nice to hear. And, of course, he's got that uh, procedure coming up Saturday, so we wish you the best on that there, sir. Uh, Slick Rick, of course, here in his high-heeled boots. He will show them off if we hit a certain number. I had to say it because I'm I'm looking down and all of a sudden I just see these these chunky yeah. boots. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yep. I've shown them before once on the show a while ago. Those are those those make you tall. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm I'm up to Damon's uh, navel at this point. Yeah. <laughs> With those shoes on, of course. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, that's right. We went to break. Damon, you had that breaking news from Just the News, John Solomon's site, where Republicans win that major election integrity ruling against Michigan Secretary of State. You want to dive into it? Yeah, so it says Republican parties won an election integrity lawsuit against Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson over restrictions she imposed on poll challengers. Benson, per the Republican National Committee, had imposed restrictions on poll challengers, including a new credential form, a quote-unquote artificial deadline for appointing them, and limiting the poll workers uh, with whom the challengers may communicate. Uh, quote, this, is a, this ruling is a massive victory for election integrity, the rule of law, and Michigan voters, RNC Chairwoman Rona McDaniel said in a press release. Jocelyn Benson not only disregarded Michigan election law in issuing this guidance, she also violated the rights of political parties and poll challengers to fully ensure transparency and promote confidence that Michigan elections are run fairly and lawfully. This legal win will help deliver the transparency at the ballot box that Michiganders deserve with midterm elections in just 19 days. The RNC filed this suit earlier this month pointing to last-minute changes Benson implemented around ahead of the November 8th midterm elections. Michigan was one of the several states that uh, attracted claims of voter fraud and election irregularities during the 2020 presidential election. Former President Donald Trump narrowly won the state in 2016, though it flipped to then-Democrat candidate Joe Biden in 2020. And um, Jocelyn Benson trying to play from the same playbook that the Democrats were able to play from in 2020, try to change the playing field, whether it's through Mark Elias and his um, his gang going into all these states or whether you do it yourself as a secretary of state and hope that uh, either no one notices or if you have to go get challenged, you go to some you know, left, left-wing crackpot court that uh, votes in your favor. So um, good, good for the Republican Party not being asleep at the wheel here in every state. And it sounds like this is uh, at least good for for the midterm, so yeah, definitely, and, and then of course, uh, at some point this month, the Supreme Court's going to uh, rule on this case that will dramatically change how federal elections are conducted. The theory, and again, this is coming from NPR. It's it's left left wing nonsense, known as the independent state legislators theory, stems from the election clause in the constitution, you know, just some wacky thing that they've heard of that the times, places, and manners of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state in each state by the legislature thereof. So basically the legislatures make the voting laws in each state. Um, that was not followed for the 2020 election. So of course, now this is heading to the Supreme court to make sure, hopefully to, to codify that because let's face it, that's the way it's always been. And 
you know, uh, there's nothing in the in the Constitution that says, well, we can suspend the Constitution when there's a pandemic or some other type of emergency where we need to change voting. Uh, that's not written in there, so you can't do it. So hopefully they'll, uh, when they rule on this, it'll be to, um, you know, basically, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I already used that word. But basically, we'll, we'll, we'll say that legislatures make the rules. That's it. End of story. You can't, the, the governor can't do it. The secretary of state can't do it. Can't say, oh, we're going we're gonna to allow people to do this. No. The rules are set by the legislature. That's the way it's always been done. It's in the Constitution. And you have to follow it. So hopefully that ruling will be coming down sometime, probably in the next couple of weeks, just before the election. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, so now we need we need new rules to follow the rules that we already have. Got right. It. Okay. Right. Exactly. So, um, speaking of elections and a state that saw its fair share of election issues, a uh, friend of the show, of course, Greg Phillips was on talking about Arizona and what they did out there. Uh, the 2000 Mules movie that was uh, also stemmed from some of the work that they did out there. Uh, we're talking about the run for governor in Arizona between superstar Carrie Lake versus, uh, I believe she's Secretary of State, right? Secretary of State Katie Hobbs? Is that what, is that what her Sounds position good. is? Well, from what I'm seeing here, turns out Katie Hobbs, Arizona, yes, yeah, Secretary of State, she only showed up for work 19 days in the six months Amid her governor's bid. Uh, yeah, 19 days she reported to work. Uh, she, of course, is the Democratic nominee for governor. She came into office only 19 days over the past six months. This is coming from Just the News. From April 1st to October 14th, Hobbs swiped her badge to enter the Arizona Capitol building a total of 19 days. Wow. 19, as I always feel like I'm talking to, to Ferris Bueller. That's 19. less days than Nolan works. Yeah. <laughs> well, she works a little bit more than him. Uh, she did not enter the building for nearly a month between April and August. Uh, Hobbs also said last week that she is actively involved in her agency during the gubernatorial campaign. She says, my day starts at 8 a.m. and ends well after 5, she told local radio host Barry Markson. In addition to the campaign trail, I'm also still Secretary of State and act- actively involved in my office. Uh, she just never goes there. A spokesman for her office said Hobbs uh, and many secretaries of state staffers have been working remotely the way many Americans have since the pandemic. Of course, let's blame the pandemic. Of course. It's always the pandemic's fault. Well, uh, we do have a couple cuts from uh, Katie Hobbs. Uh, the idea, by the, the idea, by the way, before you get to those clips, the idea that Katie Hobbs is uh, refusing to debate um, Carrie Lake, and, and really, in, in my estimation, and maybe I'm off because I've been out of touch for two weeks now, uh, really kind of endorsed by Mitch McConnell in her doing that because she thinks she can just get by and still win because Mitch McConnell has pulled all the all the money out of uh, the Blake Masters race and there's not a lot of support for for um, Blake Masters and for somebody like Carrie Lake because they're not the typical rhino, do what you're told, uh, Mitch McConnell-esque type Republicans. But the idea that she can get away with not debating should be absolutely disqualifying um, uh, her from even being on the damn ballot. It's it's an absolute disgrace that she thinks she can get away with not debating because the Republican Party is not all in in Arizona. That's the bottom line. Yeah, and and the fact that she keeps going on these, she keeps going on like these uh, to do these interviews, 
And they ask her about, and she does herself no good when she tries to answer these questions. She makes herself, um, it's almost like she's burying herself with her, her stupid nonsensical answers. Uh, let's, let's check out this one. This is cut number 10 when she's asked why she opted to be interviewed instead of debating Carrie Lake. Cut number 10, G, go. First question has to be, why are we doing this? Why are we not doing a debate? Well, you know, I've said from the beginning that I want to be able to have a substantive conversation about the issues that Arizonans are facing that I'm talking to them every day about on the campaign trail. And I think this is a great opportunity to do that, to make my case directly to the voters of um, how I'm hearing the issues and the plans we have to bring people together to solve these challenges. And I think that uh, my opponent's activities over the last week since this interview was announced really underscore uh, my case that she's only interested in a spotlight. She threw a tantrum outside of this building about this very interview. And that tantrum led to people in this building getting harassing and threatening phone calls and racist attacks. And that kind of behavior is the behavior of a high school bully. It's not the behavior of a leader. It's not the behavior of someone who deserves our vote for governor. And it shows that she doesn't have the temperament to lead. And so for me, this debate about debates is over. I am looking forward to not only this conversation, but I've been making the case to voters with reporters uh, in different forums where um, there's the opportunity for a very in-depth dialogue about the issues. Uh, but standing up to your opponent is, is one aspect of leadership. And you didn't debate in the primary either against Marco Lopez. And I don't think he would have made a spectacle as as you suggested Carrie Lake, Carrie Lake might have. Why no debates this go around? You know, I was focused in the primary on what we needed to do the gen- to do to win this election in November. And, and the, uh, the voters overwhelmingly chose me in that race. And I think that shows that you know, the debate wasn't an issue there. And I think right now it's a distraction. I think Carrie oh Lake goodness. is so desperate for a debate she because talks, she is scared to sit down and have an in-depth conversation because it will highlight her level of inexperience, the lack of qualification to be governor. So for those who are concerned, they want to see more fight from you mm-hmm. as far as debating is concerned, just in general, what do you tell them? I am fighting every day to win this election, uh, to fight to protect our freedoms in Arizona. We have built a campaign to win, and I'm out there fighting every single day, and that's what I'll do as governor. <laughs> she's, she's trying to do the uh, the Joe Biden uh, uh, tactic. She only talks like that, again, she talks like that because she feels like she can. She doesn't debate because she feels like she can get away with it because there's no one around her saying, you're down big, or you're gonna lose if you don't do this. They, they're saying, you know what? Republicans are not really all in in this state. They're pulling money from Blake Masters. Who knows if they really support Carrie Lake? You could probably get by without doing a debate. There's no reason for us to do a debate. So that's that's the reason she goes out. What other plausible answer is there to go out and sound like that? Like you said, that would do the regular candidate absolutely no favors. She sends out thousands of erroneous ballots to Arizona voters, so she knows she's got that on her side well. And then she goes, oh, oops, we're going to correct it. Right. So this is just a joke. And it's always so funny. It's like, wow, how come how come when it comes to all these ballots, there's always all these mistakes all of a sudden, you know, it's like we've never heard about this stuff happening before until now. Kind of weird. Here's another cut from uh, uh, Karen. I mean, she seems like a Karen. Katie Hobbs asked about being a twice convicted racist. One of the reasons she thinks that you don't want to debate because you don't want to 
hear her bring up the issue, and we've seen billboards around town, mm -hmm. for goodness sakes, that you are a twice convicted racist uh, regarding the discrimination claims by a former Senate staffer. What happened with that incident? Because you have actually apologized. Uh, you mm -hmm. said your response in this incident fell short of taking real responsibility and that you failed to meet the moment. Address this issue, please. Yeah. Well, I'll just say yeah. that, that Carrie Lake's say? attacks about this are, are, are baseless and uh, have risen to the level of personal attacks, and I'm not going to respond to her personal attacks. I am truly sorry, as I've said many times, for the real harm that I know Ms. Adams faced as a result of that situation, and I've taken accountability for my role in her termination. And looking forward, I've continued to meet with community leaders uh, and focus on how we can not just build a campaign that's inclusive, but uh, make sure that our, that our government uh, at every level of the administration reflects the diversity of the state of Arizona and that we are making sure that it's accountable and works for everyone. But when you said that, you know, you failed to meet the moment at the time, that was a quote from you. Um, why shouldn't voters be concerned about that coming from someone who wants to be the chief executive of the state? Uh, when that verdict was announced, I was admittedly very defensive. And I think that Arizonans deserve a leader who is willing to own up to their mistakes and move forward from that. I've learned from that, and I will continue to learn. <laughs> so she basically admits uh, what she did there was pretty freaking racist. Uh, if you don't know the, the story. Man, the I'll reports on how stupid she is have been greatly <laughs> underreported. <laughs> Uh, amazing stuff. All right. We got one more segment, another fast-moving show on a Thursday night. We'll uh, come back. We'll get our final sports update, see if Rick is going to lose some money tonight, and uh, more. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Stay there. All right. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Got a couple more things to get to. I think we've got an LOL, right, G? Yes, we do. So we'll do that in just a little bit. And real quick to tie up the Katie Hobbs thing, um, I want to find out exactly the, <laughs> the racism that she's accused of and guilty of. Well, turns out back in 2015, uh, she fired a young lady named Talanya Adams, who was a lawyer uh, and policy advisor on the Democratic staff and the only African-American policy advisor at the Capitol there in Arizona. Well, when she complained about being paid less than her white colleagues, um, you guessed it, Katie Hobbs fired her. So that led to two court cases of which um, she, Katie Hobbs lost both. The second jury awarded awarded her, the young woman Adams, $2.75 million in damages, and she got her job back. Uh, almost a year after that was awarded, she got her job back. She still hasn't gotten the money yet, though. And according to this, Hobbs issued an apology, like she said in that clip, to Adams late last year in a campaign-produced video. Uh, Adams responded by not accepting and said this. Her statement is not an apology, Adam said at the time. It was designed to get her over a political hurdle. So there you have it. There's a, there's a little backstory on the racist, also known as Katie Hobbs, who's running to become the uh, governor of Arizona. So now you know. Now you know. So when your friends ask at your next party, hey, why don't you like that, uh, that Katie Hobbs? Now you can tell them, well, she's, she's racist. 
This is also um, the woman who said, you know, all she's learned from the Latinos of Arizona, which make up yes. a third of the state, is practicing her <laughs> Espanol. Remember that clip? That was some good stuff. She's she's a, she's these, a treasure. These people, these people can't take questions out of a controlled environment. If they don't, if they don't, if they don't know what's coming, they don't know the question. They, you know, they couldn't sit. They, you know, that's why they. That's you know, that's why they don't want to debate because they don't want to have you know, Carrie Lake turn and say, well. Why is it that you believe in killing babies right up to the moment of birth? Like right. that, she just would melt. She would have no idea what to say. So you know. Well, not only that, but be, being called out. It, it, you know, just look what happened in that little you know back and forth with the uh, with the reporter. Just going back and forth with that, she she started to stammer when he followed up. She was like, uh, uh, I ran out of my talking points. What do I say now? Um, you know, and, and that's that's the problem. They're asked to to talk about you know what they believe in. And the issues and their policies. Like what was that? Oh, it was. I didn't hear it. <laughs> so it's interesting that, uh, you know, it seems to be running across the board with these Democratic candidates who just don't want to talk to anybody because they're afraid of being exposed. And that's, that's the bottom line. They're going to get exposed. And then, of course, they're done for. So let's get the sports because from what I understand, big things are happening in this football game, aren't they, Rick? Yeah, well, before we get to the football game, let's get to the baseball game, which is really what's important tonight. American League Championship Series Game 2 in Houston. The Astros looking to take a commanding 2 to nothing lead in the series. Are up 3-2, to two, holding on. Plenty of time left. End of the sixth, Rick. So six innings in the books. We got three innings to go. Yankees have three more at-bats to, to try to get that going. Three more innings to have at-bats. So uh, again, big series. Astros 3-2 over the Yankees. Moving over to football. Unbelievable change of events. Oh, the Cardinals. My Cardinals. I'm a Cardinal fan tonight. They're looking good in State Farm Stadium out in Phoenix, Arizona. They were trailing 14-6. Come back, tied at 14-14. And then I saw two of the fastest pick six. I haven't seen pick six that fast, Big D, since I was behind the guy at 7-11 online playing lotto. I mean, they're two six. Within two minutes, he threw two touchdown passes, uh, two six interception touchdown passes. So, absolutely incredible. 28-14, Big D. You're a little excited over there, Slick Rick? You I'm sound a little, little tongue really is. You I'm sound t- a little excited over uh, Andy Dalton doing his best Jameis Winston impression. <laughs> oh, yeah. Worse. And uh, just one quick story. Speaking of football, Bucks Tom Brady apologizes for comparing football season to military. I don't know if you saw this earlier in the week. This is Jenna Lane from ESPN. Tampa, Florida. Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback Tom Brady opened his Thursday weekly news conference by apologizing for a comment he made in his Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray on Monday night comparing the NFL season to military deployment. Earlier this week, I made a statement about playing football in the military and it was a very poor choice of words, Brady said, before taking questions. I just want to express that to to any sentiments out there that people may have taken in a certain way, so I apologize. On the podcast, Brady told Gray and Brooklyn Nets forward Kevin Durant, I almost look at, at, this, at the football season like you're going away on deployment in the military, and it's like, man, here I go again. There's uh, only one way to do it, and I think, Jim, uh, we've talked from time to time just about how do you enjoy the certain moments of it. The reality is you can really only be authentic to 
to yourself, right? So more or less, what he was saying is you're comparing a football season, you know, the grind, it's a lot, to military deployment, which we all know they pale, it pales in comparison when you have to go away to military. Plus, they don't pay you $40 million a year to That's be in the true. military. Last time I looked. So yeah. uh, anyway, uh, Tom Brady put his foot. So I don't know what the Giselle is going on with him, but uh, <laughs> Brady's got, he's got some issues, meltdowns with throwing uh, you know, tablets and, and yelling at his offensive linemen. So yeah, Tom's having a rough time. Now, but. now, now uh, let me ask you this because I saw some, and I don't know if it was real or not. Um, I, I was trying to listen to it when he was yelling at his lineman, I guess, last Sunday. Yes. Is it true that he w- he said something to the effect? And again, this is what I saw. Eh, it could have been it could have been fake. Could have been fake news. Where he said where he said something to the effect, I didn't leave my wife and kids to lose to to what do you call it? the the quarterback's no, name. Was, I don't, is that, that fake? That, I don't, that, 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 fake? that sounds okay. like fake news. Yeah. yeah. And he was at Robert Kraft's wedding on uh, Friday. Uh, Friday. Oh, it was Friday night. Yeah. Last Friday night in New York, he left okay. his team, and uh, they weren't too happy about that. So a lot going on with Brady. I think this is going to be his last year. But we'll see. Yeah, That's a wrap. you know what? It seems like things are starting to go sideways. Yes, absolutely. So yep. it may be time to bail out. Hey, Damon, is there anything else you want to make sure you, we hit upon tonight? Well, I have more on this Kevin McCarthy disaster uh, of him maybe being the speaker. Horowitz has a really good piece today. Why is Kevin McCarthy not speaking out against impending omnibus that destroys his leverage? Uh, I'll post it on our social media. Good article today in the Washington Times. I mentioned it before, the Democrats' upcoming shellacking the economy, public safety, and the border are major issues with voters. Um, And then just to get back to the McCarthy, the other thing for a second, the the idea that McCarthy says that we're going to impeach Mayorkas, which I'm fine with, but not impeach Biden, you know, Biden as the executive, as the, you know, the take care clause is enough to impeach Biden of the Constitution that he has not held up on almost anything that he's done in his duties. And of course, the take care clause provides that the president, quote, shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. Well, I mean, that alone, you probably have a hundred different reasons to impeach Biden. So, you know, this semantics of, well, I don't know if I support it for the president, but maybe we'll look at Mayorkas. Listen, where does the buck stop? The buck stops with Biden. And there's plenty of things that are impeachable on Biden. But, um, you know, I think at this point we got to focus on winning these races and then and then we can deal with the McCarthy issue, I think, once that's over. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, so to wrap things up, it's been another fast show. Again, just flying by. But we yeah. do have time for uh, a little LOL, as, as we like to call it. So uh, let's go with that. Gee, here's today's LOL. Appear with you today yeah. in Pennsylvania, but there haven't been that many candidates campaigning with you. Why are more? That's not true. There's been 15. Count, count. Okay, and are there going to be even more? Yeah. Yeah, that definitely is an LOL. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure there's going to be more than 15. Yeah, He's he's pretty much he's pretty much tied to to his wife and and his wife is just looking for the camera. I know it looks like a lost dog who just got off leash when he goes anyplace. You see him today leaving the stage, no idea where to go. <laughs> he's he's a, a he's a, he goes to these 
He goes to these restaurants. He's like got his head around. He has no idea what he's doing. The guy's so clueless. It's just, I mean, come on. All right. We'll leave it there. We'll put the wrap on a Thursday night. As always, thank you for watching. We salute our military, active and retired, our first responders across the board, EMTs, firefighters, police, truckers, nurses, everybody working the front lines. Thank you so much for all you do that keeps us uh, safe and warm. Also, the guys in the booth, Gio and Fran, Slick Rick, Damon, friend of Free the show. Paul Nolan. Free Paul, <laughs> Paul Nolan. Nolan. And Free you guys Paul at home. Nolan. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great Nolan. night. Peace.